Lord, everybody. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord on a Thursday night, Bible study night. Amen. It's good to see all of you. Amen. I was greeted by Mama Allen early today. She looked back and she said, I haven't seen you in a long time. Alan said she haven't seen me in a long time. Well, I said it hasn't been that long, Mama Alan. She didn't want to hear that. She said I haven't seen you in a long time. Amen. Well, I don't stay away from you unless I have stuff to do that's pertaining to the kingdom. Uh, most of the times when I'm not around, I let you know when it's vacation time. But most of the times I'm not around. It's kingdom stuff. So you just try to do what you got to do. There's only one that's omnipresent, and his name is Jesus. All of us only can be at one place, one time. Amen. But it's good to see everyone. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, I watched the service afterwards. Um, I think I watched it Monday, our service Sunday. And um, Brother Turner did a really wonderful job. I enjoyed him. Amen. Did you all enjoy Brother Turner, the missionary from Israel? Amen. I told him was to put a trip together for 2023 November. So if you want to go to Israel, um, start putting your money to the side. I don't think it's going to be any cheaper than $3,500 per person. $3,500 per person. If Israel is important to you, you want to go. <laughs> so start saving now if you really want to go. But he's going to give us an itinerary, uh, what it costs. Um, you know, I, I, I say sometimes that, you know, we will always find the money to do what we need to do. And if it's something that you want to do, you'll be able to find the money. You're not asked to uh, pay for it all at once. And that date is more than a year away, more than a year away. So if you would like to go, I think um, you will really be blessed and you will really get to enjoy the Middle East. And um, some of you might be afraid to go because you, you hear about all the stuff that go on in the Middle East. But I'm here to tell you, nobody knows how to do counterterrorism better than Israel. You, did you know that? The U.S. go to Israel to learn counterterrorism. That's where they learn how to train and know how to defend against terrorism. Israel is the best at it. So as much as it might look a little chaotic over in the Middle East, Israel know what they're doing. They keep things in order, and it's a blessing to be there. Amen. But we thank God for the Turners and um, just their ministry. Continue to keep them in your prayer, and um, we want God to do some great things in their life. Amen. Um, over, what, four weeks ago, over four weeks now, um, I taught you on called to discipleship. And I've been promising myself that I'm going to talk slower and maybe I don't get to finish sermons these days, but I'm going to talk slower because I feel like um, you all are not listening to me. I feel like I'm teaching, I'm teaching, I'm teaching and y'all are not hearing me. I, I don't want them to hear me. I need them to listen to me. <laughs> you hear me. I got a big mouth, but I need you to listen to what I'm saying um, because, you know, I um, this week is um, the conference in um, uh, Madison, Mississippi. Um, it's called PAC, 
the apostolic conference and it's the church planters and they would fly church planters down for free and bring in um, speakers down there to minister to them. And when I listen to different messages all around, I kind of say to myself, we preach at a Christ in a church and people are paying loads of money to travel all over the country to hear certain um, preaching they believe that will help them. And I'm wondering, what are we doing with the preaching that we're getting here in home? So either I'm not saying it right or I'm not doing it right, laying it out the right way or something. So I need to probably change my method of how I do things. So maybe we can start to see people getting the message and doing something about it because we taught about call to discipleship for a good long while. And I don't know how many of you um, have been, you know, reaching out and, you know, trying to disciple others and, you know, being discipled yourself. I don't know. So um, we know them by their fruit. And so we want to do what the word says we need to do as opposed to just being hearers of the word. We cannot just be hearers of the word, but we must be hearers as well as doers of the word of God. And so, you know, if we need to nowadays, back in the day, we had to get our cassette and we had to find the cassette and play the cassette to hear the message again. Really simple to hear messages now again and again and again. So I encourage you to go and um, listen to the messages um, that we have taught about um, for Bible study the past few Thursdays and see if you can glean something from that and you can receive something from that. It's important. We can't just hear the word, but we have to become doers of the word of God. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Uh, tomorrow um, evening at 7 p.m. Um, we have our, I don't know, singles meeting. Um, don't turn around. We, 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 we trying to turn around for <laughs> We have our singles meeting. So if you're single, amen. There is nothing else attached to single. 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 Nothing else attached to single. Single. If you're single and you'd like to be here, We'd love to have you. We're going to have good discussions tomorrow, and hopefully we'll have some good food to eat while we have good discussions. But I will say this. The Lord put on my heart. This wasn't even, um, and I don't want to take any uh, credit away from um, our singles coordinator, but the Lord really put something clear, clear, clear in my heart, in my mind, and my thoughts to speak to you about. And as soon as that happened, I reached out to our singles coordinator. I said, let's get a date to get the singles together because I knew exactly what I needed to talk to them about because the Lord had made it clear to me. And so um, if you are single, you're going to hear something straight from God. It's not even from me, straight from God. I got scripture in my mind. I don't have to read it out loud, but there will be scripture that I will point you to as to why I'm teaching about what, what I will be teaching about tomorrow and we'll have discussion. It won't be formal. I probably will not stand here at this pulpit. I'll probably sit around with you and we will just talk because that's what needs to be done. And as I said, I might do a whole lot of talking these days more than I do preaching because maybe preaching not helping. So I just might, might just need to talk to you. And so maybe tonight I'll just talk to you. But tomorrow at 7 p.m. singles. So we want you to come and be here. Invite someone. They don't have to be a member of this church, uh, but invite someone that you know is single. Uh, 
and, and they will be blessed. Believe me when I tell you. Um, also, Saturday morning at 930 is our community outreach. Um, so if you are interested in being a part of our outreach team, please come at 930. And then also at 1 p.m. Saturday, we have our youth chat and chew. We like chat and chewing. <laughs> Uh, that's 1 p.m. Saturday. So um, tomorrow, 7 p.m., uh, singles, um, Saturday morning, everybody, 9.30, outreach, and then Saturday at 1 p.m., youth, chat and chew. Amen. Well, let's stand. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer tonight. Amen. Good to see everybody. of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, let's talk to the Lord for a little bit and uh, ask him for his will to be done tonight. Every time you pray, especially in the house of the Lord, ask the Lord to help you to receive something to be changed in some way before you leave here. I, I don't know. I think some of you feel this way, but let me say it. And I hope all of us feel this way. I don't like to waste time and effort. Everything I do, I need it to be. You want me to give you a good one? I try to be a witness everywhere I go. My wife made me a dentist appointment this evening. And um, I went to the dentist. I'm waiting. They called my name. I went back in the back. And I know the dentist how it's set up. So they took me over the wrong side. I only went for cleaning. They took me over the wrong side. I knew right away it was the wrong side. And I knew as I, as I was walking behind a young lady, I said, where are we going? She said, she didn't know what to say. Poor thing, she's young and I, I'm, here I am because I'm so spoken. I said, what are they going to do? You know, do examination? I mean, I only came for a cleaning. Do you? I felt so bad because she's young. I'm, I said, don't even worry about it. I'll sit down and be quiet. And so I sat in the chair, and I sat in the chair for probably about 10, 12 minutes for this guy to come and do some kind of examination looking at my teeth. I know my teeth are good. He come looking, making sure everything is in order, and, you know, you know, just making stuff up and talking. And I'm like, okay, okay. Actually, when he first showed up, I said to him, I said, I really shouldn't be in this chair. This is the doctor. And I said, I really shouldn't. What, why? I said, nothing is wrong with my mouth. I came for a cleaning. Well, you know, I said, but don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just do what you do. And he looked at him. I'm done. He says, all right, now that, you know, you're good, I'm going to walk you over the other side. Come with me so you can get your teeth clean. So I'm walking over with him. We get to one area, and he says, ooh, there's two people in front of you. Now I almost picked stuff up and threw it because I knew exactly what was going to happen. I came in, I, I keep a, you guys have no clue how tight I try to be on my schedule. So everything I'm doing, I'm tight. I know what the next thing is that's coming up. And so I knew I had a call at 5.30. My dentist appointment was 4.30. I made an appointment for 5.30 to call at 5.30 because I knew they could knock me out in an hour. When I came back to go get the teeth cleaned, I thought I was going to sit in the chair and just get it clean. Nope. Now two people is in front of me, all because they want to do an examination to see if they can find something to make me spend some more money. Because that's what they do us. 
I'm just like, I just can't. I don't like wasting time. And for me, I waste probably about 25 minutes over on that side for them to look at my mouth and say, oh, you're fine. And, you know, take me over the other side. And now I'm not ready. So I put an hour in probably or a little bit over an hour at the dentist that I should not put in. Why am I telling you all this? I don't like to waste time and effort. Everything that I'm doing, I need it to be effective. And I believe Jesus didn't waste time and effort. I'm not saying I'm Jesus, obviously. But Jesus didn't waste time and effort. Not good when the church, the body of Christ, is wasting time and effort. We come to the house and do what? Hear it and then uh, and then leave. Uh, we spend an hour, hour and a half doing what? Can use it to do something else if we're not going to make it count. Got in our car, we drive. Maybe some of y'all just like to see each other and talk to each other, and that's all you came for. Maybe, maybe, maybe in your mind, ah, you know, I like to go to the building because I get to see someone, so we just like to talk. So you just consider this your time of um, enjoyment of fellowship. Maybe that's what it is, so my bad. All right, well, let's pray and ask God to help us tonight. Father, we thank you. Oh, my God, we love you. We adore you. We thank you tonight for your goodness and mercy. Oh, God, you're so gracious. You're so kind. And, oh, my God, we humble ourselves before you tonight. Oh, God, we want your will to be done. We want the kingdom to manifest. Oh, Lord Jesus, have your way in this place. For, Lord, we know you can do exceeding and abundant and above whatever we can ask or think, Lord God. Oh, Father, will you do a work in this place tonight before we leave here? That the time together, Lord God, will be a time, Lord God, where we will experience change. Where we will have, oh God, revelation. Where we will have communion. Where we will have an encounter. Will you have your way tonight, sweet Jesus? Will you talk to our heart, Lord God, and help us to hear the word where we can apply the word? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God, have your way tonight. Speak to our hearts, Lord God. Touch the heart of your people, Almighty God. Help us to receive the word, the engrafted word, where we can apply it. Oh, where we will become doers of it, Lord God. Place me, Lord Jesus, in the flow of your spirit to rightly divide the word of truth, Lord God, to speak as your oracle, almighty God. We need the help of the Holy Ghost tonight, Lord God. For without you, we are nothing, almighty God. Help us tonight, Lord Jesus. Help us tonight. We give you the praise and the honor. We give you the praise and the honor. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you may be seated.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, the word traveled pretty quickly. Uh, Sister Tao, word traveled pretty quickly. The word was, Brother Bradley, walk in a little different Sunday. That was the word on the street. We know he normally have a smile because he got that from his daddy. But I heard the smile was different Sunday. (laughs) Sister Teo, welcome to the Christ-centered church family. We welcome you and we're so glad. So glad. Amen. We're glad for a whole lot of reasons. We're glad because we get to have you. We're glad because we get to serve with you. But, boy, we're probably just even more glad because, you know, Bradley's good now. (laughs) Hallelujah. From the time Matthew was wiping down his face in Jamaica till now, we finally get to see you. Was that that good or what? Y'all got to see his video. Man, Matthew, his brother, was just wiping Bradley down. Hallelujah. Well, let's do God's work together. God's going to do some great things through you two and in this church, and we'll see what God does. The future is bright. Many of us here tonight, and even though they're not here, and even some that could be viewing via live stream, uh, many of us are spiritually stuck. Spiritually stuck. Jesus didn't die that we may live ordinary lives. No. Mm -mm. Jesus died that we may have abundant life and that we may live our life purposefully. And so we have to ask ourselves if we feel stuck spiritually. What is my purpose for being here? What, or should I say, where do I fit in the kingdom of God? And where is my place? Where do I belong? We have to ask ourselves these things, and we can't just keep existing and showing up and not asking ourselves, What is my purpose? Where do I fit? Where do I belong? Only until you get to start walking in your purpose. God just don't have purpose for the pastor. Because sometimes we can just begin to just go with something that we doesn't even realize we're going with that in our mind when we think purpose we're thinking okay it has to be one of the people that go up to the podium and do something uh, it has to be somebody that have this title that, that that those are people that have purpose and me my purpose is just to show up in the service and we may be thinking like that or may subconsciously embrace that that my purpose is just be there 
that ain't just your purpose to be here. So if you can't say for sure that you are walking in your purpose, you ought to be asking some questions to the Lord. Because we need to be walking, living in our purpose. And I'm qualified for saying this because way before I was a preacher, I really was doing something I felt was my purpose. So I can speak from that standpoint. I'm not talking as about purpose now because I'm the pastor. No, no, way before this thing happened here, I lived in my purpose for where God had me at the time. So I understand a life that's being lived purposefully and a life that's just existing. If you just exist as a Christian, you will find yourself battling spiritually. You will find yourself stuck spiritually. Doing stuff is still not your purpose. We can be just doing stuff. That's another thing I'm talking about. You can't just live your life of just existing, showing up, doing stuff. Doing stuff is not your purpose. When you are walking in your purpose, you're doing specific things. When, when you are living in your purpose, I will know it and everybody around you will know it. So all the other things that you do, it will be like, okay, they're just helping out. They're just being a good uh, servant of God. But you just know what their purpose is because you're living it. All of us should look around and look at the life of each and every one and know they're in their purpose. It might not be their purpose forever, but where they are in their walk with God, they're fulfilling their purpose right now. So even if you're doing stuff, you can be dead smack, not being in the will of God or being in your serving in your purpose. We have to find our purpose, our fit where we belong in God, because when we don't, we get stuck spiritually. So I want to talk to you tonight talk to you about spiritual mindedness spiritual mindedness is what i want to talk to you about tonight because we need to be unstuck we need to find our fit our purpose where we belong in the body of christ in romans chapter 8 I'm going to read verse 1, verse 5 through 8, verse 12 through 14. In verse number 1, the scripture says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. This is a very, this verse gets quoted a, a lot. Romans 8 and 1, because we like to think about, well, if we're saved and we're living for God, we cannot be condemned. There is no condemnation that will come to us because we're Christians. But they don't want to go deep and look into the word of God and see what it says, where it says that the way there is no condemnation to us that are in Christ. This, this is what's interesting about this verse. It's not talking about sinners. 
It's talking about Christians, that there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So it's talking about people that are saved, living for God. There's no condemnation for those people who do not walk in the flesh, but in the spirit. So now, since I'm in the whole taking my time stuff, so it will soak in and you will get it. I'm going to say to you, when you read your Bible and you see stuff like this, stop. Don't keep reading. Soak it up. God, show me in this scripture what you want me to see that I'm not seeing. That's the way you read your Bible. And so now, let's look at it another way. There is therefore condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk after the flesh. So Christians can be condemned if they're living according to their flesh, not after the spirit. So this is a verse like we like to quote because we think as long as we save, we're good. We can be saved and be carnal. And if we're saved and we're carnal, we're in trouble. We must be spiritual as a saved individual. Because if we're not spiritual, we can still experience condemnation. Verse number five. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So, again, take my time. The scripture is letting us know that if you live your life according to your desires, your flesh, your carnal mindset, you will desire those things. Whatever you do a lot of, you're going to continue to desire it. Because from the moment you stop having it, your body starts craving it. If you drink coffee all the time, stop drinking coffee, see what happens. If you eat ice cream all the time, stop eating ice cream and see what happens. If you like sweets all the time, stop eating sweets and see what happens. If you eat pork all the time, stop eating pork and see what happens. Just saying. Whatever we feed the body, the body desire and want to always have that. If you live in the flesh all the time, your body craves and desire carnality and fleshly things. But if you live according to spiritual things, according to the ways of God, then you're going to always desire the things of God. Verse number six says, for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. 
if you're living your Christian life, I'm not talking about sinners. If you're living your Christian life from a carnal mindset, from a carnal fleshly desire way of living and thinking, you are not pleasing God. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. I jumped um, up to verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Spiritual mindedness. We have to become spiritual. Can I tell you something that I've discovered? To be spiritual, a lot of times you got to move slow. What do you mean by that, preacher? You have to wait on the Lord. Now, when the Lord gives you or prompts you to do something, then you might move a little quicker. You, you, your steps may be quicker. But, but if you're waiting on the Lord for him to give you direction, you can't be running like you're crazy. You got to take your time and wait on the Lord. Did I slip this in? That have to do with your prayer life too. If you're being led by the Spirit in prayer, and that's what we should be doing, aside from praise, aside from worship, aside from giving God thanks, aside from those things, we need to let the Spirit lead us in prayer, not just say words. If you want to declare the scripture, fine, in your prayer. But praying, just saying words, you're not being led by the Spirit. Spiritual mindedness. The mind refers to our mindset. Our views, our goals, our feelings, choosing to follow our flesh, which is translated sinful nature, will result in death, both spiritual and physical. So when the Bible talks about spiritual mind or carnal mind, it's talking about a mindset. How is your mind fixed? How is your mind settled? To set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Choosing to follow the Spirit's leading brings us full life on earth, eternal life, and peace with Christ. Paul is not specific about how the Spirit controls because his emphasis here is in comparing the results of the two possible mindsets. The phrases Paul uses are literally the mind that is influenced by the flesh And the mind that is influenced by the spirit. Two mindsets. Is your mind being influenced by the flesh? Carnality? Or is being influenced by the spirit? Stop and look at how many things you do on a regular that is spiritual. And what you do, that's carnal. 
blame it all on work. We can blame it all on, you know, I got new stuff around the house. We can go there if we want. But the Bible ain't changing. You either spiritual or you're carnal. So we better figure out how when we do our chores, how when we clean our house, how when we go to work, whatever we're doing, we better figure out how to be carnal or spiritual. Well, you ain't got to figure out how to be carnal because if you ain't spiritual, you're automatically carnal. But we need to become spiritual. And that means that we don't have an excuse to say, well, you know, no, no. How is your mind being influenced? Is it being influenced to play video games all the time? How how is your mind being influenced? Is it being influenced to read the scriptures frequently? To pray? To be a witness? Or is being influenced all the time what I'm going to eat? What movie I'm going to go watch? How are your mind being influenced? Because it can only be influenced one or two ways. Carnally? Or spiritually. In Matthew chapter 6 verse number 24. The scripture says. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one. And love the other. Or else he will hold to the one. And despise the other. You cannot serve God. And mammon. I believe. Many Christians find themselves trying to do this, serving God and self. I believe many Christians are battling that frequently, trying to do what they want and trying to do what God says. Unfortunately, the Bible tells us that ain't possible. I'm using certain words today because I'm trying to be as plain as I can be. I'm not even worried about being politically correct today. I just want to be plain. So the bottom line is, if you're living that life and maybe not even paying attention, maybe subconsciously trying to do your thing and try to do the God thing, you can't continue that way. Sooner or later, you're going to err to one. Sooner or later. That's the scripture. You can't serve God and mammon. So if we're trying to do that, or not even trying, but that's what's happening, sooner or later, we're going to hold to the one and despise the other. When people backslide out of church, they normally just don't wake up and backslide. It means they they started off trying to do the God thing but trying to please themselves at the same time. And they juggled that for a while. And for a while, they're juggling that. But sooner or later, flesh wins. Because the spirit is not natural to us, but flesh is. So sooner or later, flesh wins. 
A lot of times when people leave churches, they never give you a spiritual answer why they're leaving. Because they're carnal. That's why they're leaving. When you spiritual, when you spiritual in a church, quote unquote, that ain't got nothing happening, you think you can help that church turn around when you're spiritual. When you're spiritual. When you're spiritual and things aren't working the way it needs to work in the church, in your mind, man, I'm going on a fast and I'm going to pray up a storm. Things going to get right in our church. When you're spiritual, when you're carnal, I got to find some place else to go. I got to find some place else to go. Because this is not happening and that's not happening. And I feel like, you know, even the pastor, blah, 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 blah. And before you know it, you're on your way. You're carnal. Because spiritual people think they can help no matter how bad it is. And it's not until God himself step in and tell you whatever he needs to tell you will you make a change from thinking like that. But when you start coming up with your thoughts, you were serving yourself and trying to serve God at the same time and finally self won out. It says, for they that are after the flesh, they that are under the influence of the corrupt and sinful desires of the flesh, the flesh will never lead you to do anything spiritual. Your desires, how you feel. You've heard me said this many times over the years. Stop telling people how you feel when you're a Christian. Because how you feel, dead wrong. If what you're feeling is not generated from the spirit, dead wrong. Lead you astray. Lead you to destruction. So how you feel don't matter. It's what the spirit of God is directing you to do and say is what matters. Our desires are no good. Our desires make us see people in the wrong light. Our desires make us get angry and upset with people. Because our flesh is in control when we're angry at people, when we get upset with people, when we talk bad about people. It's our flesh. We're carnal. The flesh is supremely devoted to its gratification and corrupt desires. Remember what I tell you, whatever you practice a lot, it screams, come on and get me. Come on, I need you. But the spirit, they that are after the spirit, they seek the influence and the guidance of the spirit. Those who are led by the spirit they do spiritual things. Let me pause here to just say something to you real quick. I felt recently 
like every avenue I turn to, like I feel like there was something in our way. I can't put my finger on it. I feel like there is something in our way, this church, not me, this church, all of us. I feel like there's something in our way. I feel like there's something that's trying to get in our way and prevent us from where God wants to take us. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what it is. But because I'm trying to be spiritual, I said, okay, here's what we have to do. From August 22nd to August 29th, we'll be fasting and praying. I'll tell you what we're fasting and praying about for that one, that, that, that week, seven days. Because something is not right in my opinion. And I don't know what it is. So we're going to fast and pray and get that straightened out. Because when you are trying to be spiritual, you rely on spiritual things. Not carnal things. So gear up. We're going to fast and pray. For God's will to be done. Galatians 5, 25 and 26 says, since we live, this is the NIV version, since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and enjoying each other. Or envying, I'm sorry, each other. So when we are in the spirit, living according to the spirit, have a mindset of the spirit, we stay in step with the spirit. We don't become conceited. We don't provoke and envy each other when we're spiritual. To be carnally minded, the minding of the flesh to follow the inclinations of the flesh or the corrupt propensity of our nature leads us to condemnation and death. If not only, it not only leads us to death or leads to misery, but that is also death when we allow the carnal, sinful nature of humanity to have its way in our life it's death there is condemnation in the very act and purpose of being supremely devoted to the corrupt passions its only tendency is condemnation and despair and death the flesh carnal mindset if it's winning out over us right now We're not going in the right direction. We're in trouble. And we need to do something about it before we leave here tonight. The minding of the spirit. Making the spirit the object of the mind. The end and aim of its action. To be spiritually minded is to seek those views and promises which the Holy Spirit produces and to follow his leading. When we're going to be spiritual. Every human being has a sinful nature. We were born into sin. Adam and Eve sinned 
And from that point on, every person that was born was born into sin. If you were conceived by a sinful man and a sinful woman, you were born into sin. Every human being has a sinful nature. But the believers in Christ have access to the Holy Spirit. The believers. In fact, Paul says, the Spirit of God lives in us who are born again believers. Believers are still in the flesh. But because they're born again, they also have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. The question for believer is this. Which will control you when you become born again? The flesh or the spirit? Mm -hmm. What does Galatians chapter 3 verse 27 says? It says, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ... Have put on Christ. So as born again believers, we don't have to be controlled by the flesh. If we're being controlled by the flesh, it means we have become lazy. Or we have given the flesh more allowance in our life than we do the spirit. We have given the flesh more allowance in our life than we have done the spirit. And so we have to reconsider why have we done that and we have to figure out how to correct that. Paul divides people into two categories. Those who let themselves be controlled by their sinful nature and those who seek after and follow after the Holy Spirit. Are you following after the Holy Spirit or you're being controlled by your flesh? (laughs) Church, you have to sometimes just control what you say. For the life of me, I've been saying this for a long time and I don't know, again, maybe another thing that y'all don't listen to. But I say this all the time, since we're all humans, since we all have this sinful nature, Sister Josephine, just like how you can get mad, I can get mad. Just like how you can say nasty things, I can say nasty things. Just like how you can walk around just mean, I can walk around mean. I don't know why we don't understand. Everybody can do that. You're not just, come on. The question is, are you allowing your flesh to control you or are you allowing the spirit? And if you are walking around like that, the flesh controls you and the person that's not doing that, the spirit controls them. We don't like that because now your flesh done got messed up because your flesh just got mad that I said that. Yeah, your flesh got mad that I said that. So your flesh starting to try to explain something to you. No. Either your flesh is running things or you allow the spirit of God to run things. Don't worry about nobody else. Worry about you. When we get into Bible study or we get into the, the preaching of the word of God, we got to remember this is not for somebody else. It's for me. 
when I preach, I'm preaching to me. Now, y'all hearing me, and you take what you will out of it, but I'm hearing the word too, and it's for me. I'm taking what I need to take. Because we like to hear preaching, and when it just step on our toes, we get mad. Or we try to, we start to explain, because that's what the flesh does. The flesh starts explaining in your mind something contrary to what I'm saying. People sit in church all the time and hear the word of God. And as it's being preached, you come up with your excuse to say why you don't have to. That doesn't relate to you or you don't have to do that. Because you're still trying to give the flesh the control. And you don't even realize it. Every time we try to explain away our wrong, our carnality, we're giving more power to our flesh. Every time we get called out by the word of God and we say, well, yeah, you know what, everybody, we humans. Okay, go ahead with that, we humans. I just read to you, if we're in the flesh, it's, it's death, it's condemnation. It's, it's trouble if you live in the flesh. So to just keep thinking that, well, it's no big deal, you know, I'll, no, when you get called out, own it. This is too important for us to just let it go over our head. When we get called out by the word of God, own it. And say, Lord, that's me. Help me. That's me, Lord. Help me. If we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit must have you. It is not enough for us to have the Holy Spirit. The Spirit must have us. What do you mean by that, preacher? I've told you before, Jesus needs to be a host in our life and not a guest. That's what I mean by the Spirit having you or you have the Spirit, whichever one. When you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you have the Holy Spirit. You are in control still. You are the host. And the Holy Spirit is just a guest in your life when you get filled with the Holy Ghost. It's not until you yield and give yourself and say, God, have your way. It's not until you do that that you turn over and let the Holy Spirit become the host and you become the guest. Guests cannot do whatever they want to do in your house. It's not until you tell the guests, this is not my house, your house. Whatever you tell me to do, that's what I'm going to do. That's when you flip the script and tell the host, tell the guests, you be the host, I'll be the guest, and we'll go from there. Because you know who that host is. You know who that host is. And when you give Jesus that position of host in your life, now you're going somewhere because he's going to take you somewhere. But as long as you are in charge of the house and Jesus is in that house, that house cannot be blessed. That house cannot experience miraculous things because you can't do miraculous things. The guests can do it. But you can't do it. And the guest's not going to do it if the guest's not allowed to do it. Only when we turn our temple over 
to the Holy Ghost to say, Holy Ghost, have your way in me. Holy Ghost, do what you want with me because I I need you. Holy Ghost, move in my life. You do what you want. Only when we do that will we experience transformation. If you're seeking the Holy Ghost and you don't have the Holy Ghost, if you're seeking the Holy Ghost, the way to receive the Holy Ghost is to yield yourself completely to the Holy Ghost. You ever notice that's why we receive the Holy Ghost? Nobody received the Holy Ghost by being in charge. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. The Holy Ghost is always knocking. Will you let him in or will you ignore the knock? And for us to receive the Holy Ghost, we got to open the door, our heart. We got to open up our heart and let the Holy Ghost in and he will consume us. But when we let him in, we can't tell him not to go sit in the corner. Because that's what we do sometimes. That's the initial, the initial evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost. We talk with tongues and we have the Holy Spirit. And now we say, "Whoa, I got the Holy Ghost. And we don't hear from him no more because we shut him down after that. Because all we want to do is just have the Holy Ghost say, I got the Holy Ghost. And he's in our life just in the corner doing nothing because we didn't shut him down. And I tell you all the time, Jesus is a gentleman. He don't force. He don't twist your arm. Remember, the carnal and spiritual mind is a mindset. And so we probably need a mindset change because how you have set your mind is not pleasing unto the Lord. How you have conducted yourself and how your mind is, 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 is set is not helping because we're too much, we're doing too many carnal things. We're doing too many carnal things. And then we show up on Sundays or we show up on Thursdays or some people's Wednesdays. We show up and now we want spiritual things to happen when we've been carnal the whole time. There are different ways to have your mindset. When a person is determined to do something or to hold a certain belief or idea, we say that person has a certain mindset. What happened, church? Some of you don't know these days, but some of you do. What happened when we used to go above and beyond? We used to, quote-unquote, inconvenience ourselves when it came down to Christ. What happened? We don't do that kind of stuff anymore. We just do the bare minimum. We don't do anything extra anymore for Christ. We are so busy. You ready for this one? We are so busy that we're tired. But what makes you tired? What makes you tired? Your flesh. Listen. I want to God, can you answer this question for me? I'm going to I'm going to tell you what I'm going to ask him now. You're going to hear what I'm asking God. God, can you answer this question for me? Lord, 
I was stuck in the airport all night Saturday, all day Saturday, miserable, not sure if I was going to make it home on time. I got home, Lord, about midnight, Saturday night about Sunday. And Lord, I had to wake up early and prepare some more. Didn't know I was going to be preaching three service Sunday. But I preached three service Sunday, Lord. I preached one at 1030. I preached one at 4 o'clock. I preached one at 6 o'clock, you might as well say. In all three times I was preaching, Lord, I never felt weary or tired. And every time I stepped in those pulpits, I felt the power of your spirit. And I wasn't weary. I wasn't tired. I wasn't, it was nothing. It's like I had energy for eons of days, Lord. How do you do that? See, that's what I've experienced. That's not the first. I've experienced that with God. I've told you before that I remember working all day at the job and coming to the church. And when I came to that back door back in the day, all of a sudden, whoosh, energy, strength. Because when you do God's will, he gives you that. But if you keep on living by the flesh, you won't show up for God's events because you're tired. You keep relying on your strength and you won't ever do anything. Because you can only do but so much because you operate in the flesh. But when you begin to do spiritual things, the strength that you get don't come from you. And when you tap into that, now you start to say, I want to experience that more and more because that's amazing to me. How is that possible? I don't know how it's possible. I just know it's spiritual. Still trying to figure it out. I thought that was just extraordinary. I remember running crazy when I was younger, but at this age running, I'm just still impressed trying to figure out how in the world did the Lord do that? I didn't have no chauffeur until after I preached the last message. I was driving the whole time, running from here to there, and the whole time, energy, strength, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I'm wondering how in the world is this possible? Because spiritual things is handled by the Spirit. It's not you. All God is asking you to do is place yourself in his control so he can work through you. But we don't do spiritual things because we do so much carnal things, fleshly things, that we are equating and comparing physical, natural, fleshly with spiritual thinking. It's the same. No, 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 no. Your flesh, you are in control of that, but not the Spirit. God is in control of that. And so when you have different mindsets, a mindset, think about this as for a mindset. A mindset determines how a person acts. So what are you thinking about your mindset? Are you spiritual or are you carnal? A mindset motivates a person. You can't wait to go to church or you barely make it into church. Back in the day, it was nothing to know. You get to church by a certain time because you got to be there early to pray for an hour. Y'all couldn't even do that nowadays. You couldn't even come to church an hour before you start and pray. Let me move past that quickly. Mindset. 
influences who or what a person chooses as sources of knowledge and authority. Mindset affects a person's view of every experience that they have. Remember I told you the other day that appendix that we were saying nobody can tell what the appendix is for and how it really what it really does and all of that stuff huh well while they were discussing it on radio and I'm listening my thought was why is that not leading y'all to God right if you don't have the answer as to what's going on in the body why doesn't that lead you to God and I got my answer today mindset so they couldn't think of what I was thinking about my mindset is when 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 things happen the first source you go to is the Lord Jesus Christ what is this all about Lord their answer is we got to figure this out on our own mindset 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 shapes a person's value system mindset dominates a person private and public life mindset is the thing that does that Paul indicates that all mindset can be reduced to two categories we said that sinful and spiritual the two mindsets are not parts of a person or even forces within the person they signify powers and dominant features of two realms the spiritual and the flesh here's the mindset of sinful person consciously or unconsciously the sinful mindset will be about death whatever we do will always lead to death hostility toward God rebellion resistance to any form of submission actions and attitudes that will please God here's a big one mindset Churches are challenged today because people, young people especially, are not believing in being part of a group. They're so independent now. And so they have this entrepreneurship mindset that now they don't want to really belong to a church because they don't want to be in anything organized like that. Mindset. But it's carnal. So I don't expect them to have a spiritual mindset. So if you're not a Christian so I'm not a Christian. You are thinking like that. But that's a challenge that we have is that young people that we're trying to reach, they don't really want to be in church. They don't want to be in nothing organized. They feel like, let me just be me and do what I do because all of that organization stuff is just a mess. That's carnal mindset. And we need to be praying for them that they will get Jesus because when they get Jesus, they will realize the church is the body of Christ. And the body is just like your human body. It needs all the parts to function properly for it to be effective. And so when they get taught like that and understand you being a part of a church is like being a part of the human body. That the human body needs every part to function properly for it to be at its most effective way of functioning. And when they hear that and understand that, then they will realize this is not about organization. This is about what God has brought together. It's an organism. It's not an organization. And so we need to be connected to one another in order to effectively move and, and live and be effective. But they're focused on 
don't want to be all in no group and all that stuff. And the spiritual mindset, consciously and unconsciously, it's life. And look, life and peace, friendship with God, obedience to the Spirit, uh, guidance by the Holy Ghost, love for God and your neighbor, knowing and following the words of Jesus. See life through the prism of spiritual, of, of the Spirit and of the Word of God. When you have a mindset by the Spirit of God, it changes how you approach things in life. I thank God for the heart that he's given me to do what he called me to do. Because sometimes I see some things and all I can do is pray. Sometimes I hear some things and all I can do is pray because I know where it's coming from. And it's coming from a mindset of carnality, flesh. And I'm like, and this, this is, I'm talking about Christian. I'm like flesh, carnality. I'm going to close up here. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. Oh, that's enough right there for me. Just, what did they say? Drop the mic. Look at that. Just look at that. We need to all un- underline that. Write that scripture down. Young people, write that scripture down. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. <laughs> so when you start acting worldly, when, when, when you and the people that are not saved are alike in your actions, and we fighting to be just like the people that are unsaved. Lord, I don't know, man. I, they, I know I'm called by God because I'm just one of those people, Brother D. When it gets stupid, I just walk away. This is stupid. I'm serious. It gets stupid, I walk away because it just don't make sense. And I watch us try to be like the world all the time. And we got a scripture that says, now we have received not the spirit of the world. But we all try to be like the world. Oh, God. That's walking away, Mateer. Like, don't even talk to me. Go just, just go pray. And when you get a breakthrough in your prayer, let me know or I'll see it because I don't know why we're trying to be like everybody else that are unsaved. We're trying to fit in with them when God said, I didn't give you a spirit of that. But the spirit which is of God is what God gave you when you were filled with the Holy Ghost. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So God gave us his spirit, which is godly, righteous, holy, all of that stuff, truth. But we're trying to be worldly. So that tells us again, we're carnal. We have the spirit of God in us, but God is not running our life. We are. And when we're running it, we're in trouble. 13. Which things also we speak not in the words which, man, which man's wisdom teach it, but which the Holy Ghost teach it. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual When you have the spirit of God. But the natural man. Receive it not. The things of the spirit of God. And so when we have the spirit of God. Taking my time here. 
I know I'm finishing, but I got to take my time to get this through. As Christians, when we have the Spirit of God, but the Spirit of God doesn't have control in our life, and we allow our flesh to get the best of us, this is where we become, we get messed up. This is where backsliding starts to manifest. What do you mean by that, preacher? Because in our mind, I've got the Holy Ghost. Why isn't God revealing things to me? Why am I? Because you are in the flesh, even though you have the Holy Ghost. And only the Spirit of God can reveal spiritual things. So you can't understand spiritual things when you are in the spirit, in the flesh. And so a lot of people that are in church get frustrated with the church, get frustrated with God because they're not receiving revelation. But they're not receiving revelation because even though they baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, they are not spiritual. So because they're not spiritual, there is no revelation. So now they walk around mad at everybody because they're saying, God ain't talking to me. Yeah, we pretend like God talking to us, but we walk around, God ain't talking to me, and I'm born again. This can't be real. This must not be right. And all it comes down to is you're carnal and you're not spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual, that word judge it doesn't mean actually judge that you think. It means discern. But he that is spiritual discern all things. Yet he himself is discerned of no man. For who had known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Every time I read that text, I remember Dr. Jeffers. I remember the first time he preached a message on that, that we have the mind of Christ. And when you're not used to some things, you're kind of listening a little bit with like, you sure you're right about that, preacher? Well, that's the word of God. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you have the mind of God dwelling in you. It's just a matter of do you go to God? Do you look to God? Do you call on God well, with the Spirit of God dwelling in you to direct you and to lead you? Or do you just keep doing whatever you want because you got the Holy Ghost? I can do whatever I want because God is in me. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Not the wisdom and knowledge which this world can give. Not the learning and philosophy which is so valued in this world. The views of truth which we have are not such as this world gives, but are such as are communicated by the spirit of God. Will we become satisfied with what God is doing in our life or are we going to try to still fit in with the world? Try to look normal with the rest of the world. Or we're we just going to embrace that. Oh, no, we don't have the spirit of the world. We have the Holy Ghost, the spirit of God. Oh, no, we don't do that kind of stuff. We do what God said we need to do. 
Are we going to get here or are we going to be struggling still and, and, and walking the, 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 you know, towing the line of holiness and righteousness and all that stuff because we're trying to fit in or we're going to understand who we are and rely on the spirit of God to lead us. The word natural here stands opposed to spiritual. It denotes those who are governed and influenced by the natural instincts, the animal passions and desires in opposition to those who are influenced by the spirit of God. It refers to unregenerated people. When we are carnal, it means we are dead spiritually. And not until we receive the Holy Spirit and he is active in our life, we are dead spiritually. This is why when you pray, sometimes this is why it's important to praise God. It's to, because when you praise God, you stir up the gift that's inside of you. When you worship God, you allow the spirit of God to move upon you. And now you make yourself free to him. You give yourself to him as you worship because that's what worship really is. You give yourself to him in worship and you begin to praise him. And that's why sometimes we can't just just pray. We got to take our time and give ourselves to God so he can move on us, so he can direct us. It's many a times I might set out to say, I want to pray this way. And when I give myself to the Lord, the spirit of God move on me before I know it. I'm praying a certain way that I never planned on praying because I yielded to the spirit. There are mornings I get up to pray and I'm tired and I don't want to get worked up. Because I hope after I get done praying, I can sit in my chair for about, you know, 15 more minutes and just kind of, you know, close my eyes for 15 more minutes. But if the spirit of God moved me, ain't no sense. No, no going back to sleep. No, nothing. It's like, here you go, bro. Because you don't have control of that. We can't control how we pray. We have to let the spirit of God direct us how we pray. Because we're trying to be spiritual. We're not trying to be carnal. No man can understand God. No one can fully comprehend his plans. His feelings, his views, his designs. No one by the human nature understand the influence of sense and passion. Is inclined to investigate truth or love truth when truth is revealed. Only the Christian who is filled with the Spirit and is being influenced by the Spirit, can truly know and understand the Lord. So we want God to give us revelation. We want to understand God. But we are letting the flesh have control. We need to put ourselves in a place to let God have control. Because we need to be spiritual. We need to be spiritual. In Ephesians 4.22, I close with this. You can read, you might can finish it all. But here are practical ways of how you can get spiritual. Maybe we can even take this as part of our prayer. Just, just, just pray it. Where it says Ephesians 4.22, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt 
according to the deceitful lust. Pray that prayer. God, I've put on the old man because all the old man do is lust. It's corrupt. It's ungodly. It doesn't help me to be spiritual. I want to be free from this old man, God. 23 says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. God, I want to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. I want the mind of Christ to be in me and operate in me. And that you put on the new man, which is after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. God, I want to be righteous. God, I want to be holy. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So we need to say, God, I pray that you'll deliver me from ever speaking any lies. Help me to speak truth. Help me to treat my neighbor right and love my neighbor. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not sun go down upon your wrath. Lord, let me not be angry and do people wrong and talk mean to them and treat them wrong so they feel my anger and wrath. But help me to be upset, but still be calm. Help me when I'm upset to still be righteous. This is all stuff that can help you be spiritual. Let him, it says, never give place to the devil. You know what that means? Don't even let your flesh have its way because the devil works through flesh. Don't allow yourself to start thinking things that is ungodly because it will take you down the road that before you know it, you just caught up. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands and the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to, to use of edifying that it might minister grace unto hearers. We don't like to just encourage people. We need to do a better job encouraging one another. Not phony, fake encouragement, but really encourage people. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another and tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake had forgiven you. Practical words right there. Apply them words and incorporate them in your life and you will become more spiritual than you are right now. Let's stand. Spiritual mindedness. We can't keep walking around just being carnal, church. God is wanting to do something in this church and the devil knows it and the devil is trying to shut things down. I'm telling you, you can just. Just don't exist in thinking that everything is good. The devil is trying his best to shut it all down. He don't want God's will to be done. God's will is going to be done. The question is, will you be a part of it or not? Because God's will will be done. But the devil ain't going to let it happen easy. But I got news for him. We're going on the fast, devil. We're going on the fast. Let's see what you do with that. We're going on the fast because God's will will be done. And we want God's will to be done. We're not carnal. We want God's will to be done. Anybody want God's will to be done? Anybody has made up in their mind, I'm going to be spiritual and not carnal? I got to be spiritual. I can't be carnal. I got to acknowledge what I have been and what I do that's carnal, and I need to do something about it so I can be spiritual.
Let's just lift our hands and go to the Lord before we leave. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, your word has already gone forth. And Lord, we want the right mindset. For God, we want a mindset that is led by the Spirit, that is influenced by the Spirit, that is empowered by the Spirit. Oh God, we want to walk in the Spirit, that we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We want to be empowered by your spirit in our conversations, in all of our deeds, almighty God. We want your spirit to lead us. We want your spirit to guide us. Oh, God, we don't want to just exist. We don't want to be a carnal people. We don't want our desires that are fleshly and lustful to get the best of us. Father, will you wake us up, Lord God, in this church, Lord God? Will you stir up the gift that is inside of us, Lord God, that, Father, we will be be awakened and be quickened and be prompt by the Holy Ghost, Lord God, in all aspects of our life, Lord God, in our home, in all of our relationships, in the body of Christ, wherever we go, Lord, we want to walk in the spirit that we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh in all that we do, Lord. We want the Holy Ghost to have the preeminence. We want the power of God to help us, Lord, for Father, the hour is nigh. The return of the Lord is at hand. What you have called us to do require us to be spiritual. And oh my God, we want to spend eternity with you. And oh God, we want to be spiritual. We want to be spiritual minded. We want the right mindset, Lord God, so we can walk in the authority of God and the power of your spirit, Lord God. Have your way, Lord. I pray that there will be a stirring, a stirring of the Holy Ghost in each and every one of us, Lord God, that we get to the point, Lord, where worship will begin to take place, where praise will spring forth, where thanksgiving will come forth in the name of Jesus, and that there will be joy unspeakable in our hearts, in our services, Lord God. Have your way tonight, Lord. Let tonight be the beginning of something special. Let tonight be the beginning of something miraculous as we call upon your name. Have your way. Hear our cry tonight, Lord. We want to be like you. We want to be spiritual minded and we want the will of God to be done in our life, in our home, in this church. Let your will be done, oh great God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Oh, we bless your name, oh great God. There is none like you. There is none like you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Come on, church. When you clap your hands unto the Lord, you need to open your mouth. You need to give the Lord praise. You need to lift up the name of Jesus. You need to give him thanksgiving. Oh, God, we praise you. Don't just clap your hands, but lift your voice and bless the Lord. Lift your voice and praise ye the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. Come on, let's thank him one more time in Jesus' name.
God bless you. Thank you for being attentive tonight. And let the word take root in your heart and apply it in your life. In Jesus' name. Singles, don't forget tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Evangelism outreach, don't forget. Uh, Saturday morning at 9.30. And youth, uh, 1 o'clock for your fellowship. God bless you.